Hello and welcome to the podcast. You're listening to Be Uncluttered. I'm Rebecca Mazzino and with me is Tara Tuttle and together we are going to help you on your journey to a life free of clutter. Hi and welcome to the show. Today is part two of paperwork. We talked last week about what constitutes paperwork in the home, why it can cause clutter and what we need to keep and let go of. And today Beck is going to educate us because this is her bag and she's going to tell us some good ideas or ways and systems to organize the paperwork that we have decided to keep. Yes. Uh, so there's a billion different ways that you could organize your paperwork and there are some traditional standard ones and then there are some less standard ones. So obviously we don't have the time today to talk about all the different options, but what I'm going to do is talk about the system that I teach to my clients who are not naturally organized. So those who don't think in a linear fashion and those who are naturally creative or right-brained or any of those descriptors that, that might sort of mean that traditional filing systems haven't, haven't worked for them in the past. So we're not going to talk about digitizing our paperwork Mm. are we because that then we'd be here for a month yeah we already last week's was long enough wasn't it so um if we leave out the digitizing uh, i think that would be better we might have to we'll we'll definitely talk about it and we may get an expert in you know someone who's an expert on digitizing your household paperwork or we may just talk about our own ways we teach it but yeah we'll do that as a separate episode i reckon okay so what are some of the challenges that people face when they're trying to work out how to organize their paperwork it's sort of there's a there's a few so one is the the fear that if they create a filing system that they might forget the paperwork is there so they're afraid to put things away because they still have to work on them and if they put them away they'll forget um, forget about them so it's that whole out of sight out of mind thing of well if I stick the bill in a file I won't pay it and then my phone will get cut off and it'll be all Rebecca's fault for making me put it in a file (laughs) (laughs) it also is a huge challenge though so you know the the traditional alphanumeric systems where you can imagine this you, you might have seen this kind of filing cabinet at a workplace before or on television or something like that but um where you pull the filing drawer out and then there's all these tabs like from a to z um that go sort of across diagonally in lines across the the drawer and that's your traditional alphanumeric filing system and when you ask a creative person to create a system like that generally they have trouble because it's difficult to think of just one way to describe something or one letter or one word and so for example if I asked a room full of creative people what letter they would file their car insurance policy under we would get a whole range of different ones so we would get sort of I for insurance and C for car obviously we might get A for accident we might get um, C for CGU for that's if that's their company we might get um, O for oops you know you might have a whole lot of different ideas and then those creative people the word that they think of on the day when they go to file might be different to the word they think of in a month when they're going looking for it because they're in a different mood this is so hilarious I can completely <laughs> relate and I'm not even creative but when we had all our um, 
paperwork in suspension files in a drawer. And I remember my husband went looking for something to do with uh, my car. And he's like, Where's, where is that registration form or whatever it was? And I'm like, it's there, it's filed. And he's like, I'm looking under T for cars and it's not here. I'm like, no, <laughs> it's under T for Toyota. Like, hello. <laughs> exactly. he's, like, he's like, but his paperwork for his car is filed under C for car. Like I didn't mm. file it under H for Holden. And he's like, well, either you file Holden and Toyota or both under cars. Like what? But I'm like, because I knew you would look for C for cars for your car, but I would look for T for Toyota for my car. He's like, okay, this Brilliant. is not working. But yes, yeah. I can like, so even people that aren't particularly creative yeah. have different ways of, of thinking how they would yeah. file things. So yeah, I can see that being a real block to even yeah. starting yeah, exactly. And then people sort of worry as well of like, but what if it relates to two different things? So, you know, what if I've got um, my household contents insurance and in that insurance I've got a valuation for my engagement ring? Do I put that under valuations or do I put that under insurance? You know, there's mm-hmm. only one piece of paper, but there's two places I might go looking for it. So there's anxiety around that as well. Yeah. What if, you know, my kids... Um dental work on at the moment like do I put that under where all the other dental and extras type of paperwork health related stuff is or do I put that under my kids <laughs> yeah yeah mm. exactly and 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 the problem with and you won't have this problem quite as much but the problem with creative people is that they will change their minds yeah from month to year to whatever because it of, of a different mood or feeling or whatever it will change and and that's just what creative brains do and it's it's cool it's wonderful but it's annoying for them because they're like well the other day I thought I would look for this under C for car and I'm not I'm looking for it under T for Toyota and now I feel like an idiot for putting it under C for car so that's the sort of you know yeah. what, what does happen as well with creative people so those traditional filing systems just you know don't work as well and also that whole staggering the tabs across ways that's just for a creative person or a holistic person. They look at that and their brain finds it really hard to hone in on the one that they're looking for. They just see them all and it's kind of a muddle. It's hard to explain. I know when I look at it and I don't know if it's my the sort of the creative side of me or if it's my ADHD, but I look at that and I can't get my eyes to focus on one tab. Mm-hmm. It's just my eyes just keep wanting to go all over the place and get overwhelmed. And so I always recommend not doing that with the tabs either, but sort of that's that's a bit later on in the design. But um, it just it's just sort of it's too visually it's just overwhelming. What's another block for people to even get started with organising systems? What else, you know, well, makes people kind of give up before they get going? If they've got... Perfectionism. Perfectionism will definitely cause an analysis paralysis. And I had, uh, I remember talking about this on the ADHD episode with Sarah, but a lot of the time people will want to create a perfect system and they want to have the perfect spot to put this piece of paper. And they want, um, because they want it to be perfect, they go to then a great deal of detail. In order to get detail in a filing system, what you're doing is drilling down into subcategories, sub-subcategories, sub-subcategories, if that's what you call them, and or third-level subcategories. And so you end up drilling right down, and that becomes really complex and really big. And as soon as it becomes complex and big, it becomes difficult, and then it becomes easy 
to avoid. Mm-hmm. Um, you will procrastinate because it's like, well, I don't have time to go to that much detail, but it has to be that detail. So I'm waiting until I have that time. And of course, we never have that much time. Mm. So it never gets done. So perfectionism, this idea of creating something and also sometimes wanting it to be beautiful as well can cause a little bit of, of analysis paralysis. And I understand that. I like things to look pretty. But there are ways that we can get started at least and get more organized and then build in the pretty a little bit later on. Okay. Well, so let's let's start then. If we are thinking that we just have piles of paperwork sitting around or we have a system that's not working for us and we want to reorganize and sort our paperwork where do we start how do we start thinking about this okay so what i do with my clients is what i call a broad sort and i like to categorize paperwork in as few categories as possible and in the beginning it reduces the overwhelm and it really does clarify things in their mind as to what what kind of paperwork they have in their house so there are two major types of paperwork that come into a home and then I'll categorize those I can we can break those down a little bit more but if we start off with the first two so those two types of paperwork are paperwork that we need to do something with which I call action paperwork. So those are things that trigger an action of some kind. And then there's a paperwork that doesn't require an action, doesn't need anything doing with at the moment, but just needs to be kept. So I call that reference paperwork. So those are the two first two categories that we start thinking about creating homes for. So can you give us some examples? What would be what would constitute action paperwork? Uh, so a bill to pay, mm-hmm. um, a form to fill out, uh, two quotes to compare, a an invoice to chase. I mean, if we've got small business ones, there's there's even more. Again, um, there's you know reports to write and entry data entry, you know things to put into the computer, things to send to other people. So all of those kinds of things, even to re- read or review. Yeah, I guess even you know like party invitations that you've got to RSVP yeah. to that kind of. Yep. Stuff. Yep, anything you have to do something with. So mm-hmm. that would be an action paperwork. And then, you know, we talked last week about the creek flowing through your home and we want things to come in, be actioned and then move on. And they either move on to the recycling or they move on to your reference system. So with action paperwork, some things coming into your house will go straight to reference. You'll give them a glance, you'll go like, yeah, I, it's, it's my insurance policy wording I'm just going to stick that straight in the file. I'm not going to bother doing anything with it. Whereas if it's an invoice for your insurance, then you'll need to pay that first. So that does need to be an action. And then once you've finished actioning it, it would then move on to, to the reference. And so those, if once you've separated those two categories of paperwork, you're already like 50% more organized straight away because mm. you just have control. Because if you think about that pile that's on, you know, the kitchen counter of clients' houses, and you would have seen these piles before, mm-hmm. Tara, or on the coffee table or on the dining table, they are a mixture of things you have to do, rubbish, and things you have to keep. And when you look at that pile, you look at it all as if it's things you have to do because you know there are things in there you have to do and so what that does is that pile then overstates the amount of work you have to do because Mm. you it's not all action paperwork 
but you have to assume it is because you can't just throw it all away because you know there's a couple in there. So you look at that and you're overwhelmed straight away because you think, look at all everything I have to do. Whereas, whereas when we actually go through those piles with clients and we sit down and we separate them out into action and reference, it will be a quarter if or less of action paperwork. It'll be half rubbish and then another quarter of filing. And once you know that and you see those that, that little action pile, you're, you're much more calm and in control of it then because you know exactly what it is that you have to do. So that's why I like to separate those out and make sure that they, they kind of, there's one exception, but they never meet. They never stored in the same place. You keep them separate from each other so that you can accurately see what it is that you need to do and you keep the reference paperwork, the stuff you don't need to action but you just need to keep out of the way so that it doesn't make you feel more busy than you really are. Mm, that's a good way to think about it. I have probably never thought quite so logically about it, you know, and maybe even given it those names, but I just know anything that requires me to do something with it. I almost have a zero in tray, mm. but like, so I, I really, my aspiration in life is have to is to have a clear front of my fridge. That's the way I like to live my life. Ah, yep. Um, now that my kids don't hang artwork on there anymore, it's like, ah, I've got this beautiful <laughs> fridge that I can see. Um, and so if something comes in, so say I get the mail this morning and there's, well, most of our, my, our bills come through um, email now, but I don't know. It's a form, say it's a form that comes home from school and I've got to pay for an excursion. That'll go on the front of the fridge and at the end of the day and I've talked about like my three minute tidy up that I do Mm. I wipe down the front of the fridge and if there's something on there that I need to do I will do it that day and then put it in recycling or write fill in the note and put it in the kids bag so by the time I go to bed I'm down to fridge space fully clear but it's Mm. my way of seeing front and center the stuff that still needs something to happen to it. And I will do it every day, unless it's probably Saturday, Sunday, maybe I won't, but mm. during the week. And even to the point where some some of the bills that we still get via the mail might have a, you know, they might give you a month, like a house insurance, it might be you've got a month to pay it. I will still pay it the day I get it because I just hate. you don't want it on the fridge. Yeah, I don't want it on the fridge yeah. and I hate it hanging yeah. around. And, yeah. and then I worry that I'll put it to the side of the fridge or somewhere so it's out of my way and then I'll forget about it. So it's probably not the most financially savvy decision to pay bills that far in advance. But Well, not really. Like the amount of interest that you could earn on that money sitting in your account is negligible. Yeah. What are our interest rates at the moment? Half a percent, quarter of a percent. (laughs) And we're like, you're not going to earn any interest on it, so you may as well pay it straight away. Yeah. So that's that's kind of the way I – I work it, but it's that same mm. idea of separating the stuff that needs something doing to it and the stuff yeah. that just needs to that be needs kept. To be kept. And this is the thing, like people like you don't need me. So I haven't designed the system for people like you. Mm. So if there is anyone listening to this that that um, is more like Tara, then this system will probably be overly complex for you because you don't want to have somewhere to store your action paperwork because you actually don't want to have action paperwork hanging around and so if that's that's your style then this system might be unnecessary for you but if you are like my clients and you have tubs of paperwork in the spare room a pile on the dining table a pile on the kitchen counter uh, you don't have time to deal with 
every piece of paper that comes in every day on the day, um, then, you know, separating out and, and making a home for action paperwork to live until you can get to action it, it can be really helpful. Mm. But yeah, you know, if, like we said, everyone's different, so everyone's going to have a different thing. But basically what who we're, who we're talking to today are people that have major paper clutter issues um, and and it's bothering them. And we're just going to take a little break for a moment. Have you started to see the Christmas decorations going up in the stores and it's creating in you a feeling of impending doom? You're not alone. Most of us understand that stress. The one that comes when you think about creating the perfect Christmas. It's like embarking on a month-long dance between deciding what to buy and what to cook and managing the overstuffed timetable and all the other things, cleaning, hosting, shopping, baking, wrapping, visiting, decorating, and the list goes on and on and on. Well, it doesn't have to be that way. I've written for you 12 easy steps to simplify your festive season. It's called the Simple Christmas Project. It contains practices that I follow every single year to quit the chaos, slow down and savour the special moments. You can download your free copy from my blog over at www.basklifecoaching.com. I'll pop a link in the show notes if you missed it and also a link in the Facebook community if you hang out over there. After the year we've all had, we could all do with a fabulous festive season. So go grab your copy now and have a wonderful Christmas. And we're back. Let's carry on. So... What do you suggest for action paperwork? Do you have a, a suggested location to store it then or a way of storing it or is that just up yeah. to the individual? No, I do have a recommendation. And for naturally disorganised people, I really recommend getting rid of any horizontal storage. So in trays that are horizontal, any of those sliding trays, any of those clear plastic sliding trays that they, you keep paperwork in, ditch all of those because that's just a pile and piles are overwhelming and disorganised and difficult to store and they take up a lot of space. So I have a rule with my clients that um, when I set this system up that if it's not being written on or you're not reading it, it has to be vertical. So your system meets that going up on the fridge because mm-hmm. it's vertical. I So what I usually do with clients who have a high volume of action paperwork is I set up a step file. So the wire step files that look a bit like toast racks mm-hmm. and then manila folders in them and those become the action file. So that's where when something comes in and they don't have time to action it immediately, they can put it in that file to then action when they sit down and do their paperwork on Sunday night or something like that. Mm. and so they might have their bills that they need to pay if they you know if they don't have a, a largely digital system they sit down and pay their bills if they're a bit older they might there are some people who still go to the post office and pay their bills in cash and so those bills will sit around until you get to the post office so um so, and sometimes the bills have to sit around until you've got your money in your account as well mm. so they can't um be paid immediately because you just it's not payday yet so for some people who you know live week to week like that they just can't pay things as soon as they pop up so um, we need a place to store them. So I use that step file because it really does meet a lot of needs of a creative person. So it has a, a visual aspect. It's there. You can see it. It's not in a drawer. It's sitting up. And so if you've already got on your kitchen bench top a massive pile of paperwork uh, or you've got it all along the sideboard and, um, of the dining room or something like that, then it's no different to have a neat 
uh, filing system sitting out there um, from a visual perspective what's actually better but it doesn't matter if you keep your paperwork out is what I'm saying so quite often if you don't have a desk you can just have one of those step files that sits on your kitchen counter and you just move it you know just pick it all up and move it when you need to use the kitchen counter or the sideboard or the bookcase or the dining table if you don't have a dedicated spot then it's it's still quite easy to make a um, make it portable and, and move around so then with the reference, so you've got your action stuff sorted to action when you have the available time. With reference, is it just all reference is created equal or are there subcategories of reference? Um, actually, there are subcategories of reference. Most of it is just put it away because you are not you you might just need it one day. So it might be yeah, your insurance policy wording or it might be tax records or something like that. So they just go away. But there are some reference things that paper lovers might need to keep in a slightly different spot so if you've got what i call frequent access or quick reference files those are things that you go to all the time they're not an action they aren't triggering an action but you are triggered by something else to go and look at them so an example would be a takeaway menu so when you're hungry you go and find that takeaway menu and you might if you'd get takeaway every second night then you're going to look at your takeaway menus frequently so you don't want to go all the way out to the study or the spare room or the shed to the filing cabinet you might want to just do that right there in the kitchen or in the living area and so having a quick reference file is is useful as well a lot of people use their fridges for this stuff so their quick reference might be their work timetable the gym timetable it might be a contact list of your kids friends parents phone numbers or something like that um, this is all obviously for those that don't digitize a great deal but those kinds of things that you just need to quickly look at and you don't want to go to the filing cabinet for then you can actually separate those out if you like too. okay great and what about paperwork that you don't need to keep forever but relates to something that you're doing currently so, like like a project like projects yeah yeah so the, and this is this is the exception you know how i sort of said you know action and reference should never meet in mm-hmm. the one location projects is probably the exception so if you have a holiday coming up for example a big holiday that you've got planned it might not you, you might just make a file in your action paperwork so you might stick in in a manila folder in your step file you might stick um something there that says hong kong holiday Um, 2022 for example and you might be sort of sticking all sorts of bits and pieces in there that you find Um, or if it gets but if it gets too big for that manila folder in the step file or if you don't have room for it then you could make a binder up for it and what you might end up with then is a little bit of a mixture of action and reference so you might have something in there like something that you need to do so you might have a bill from the travel agent that you need or from the insurance company that you need to pay to as part of the planning for the trip And so that might be in there. And then behind that, you might then have some reference things. So you might have a couple of brochures for um, sites that you want to see and add to your itinerary or accommodation that you're investigating as well. Yeah, and I guess in a similar vein, you'd have that if you're doing home renos and you've got quotes and you've got all of that. And it's it's not stuff that you need to keep away in a filing cabinet for years to come. It's Mm. all kind of part of one task or one project so you keep it handy part action part reference as you go through and then when it's done you can let it go all the bits that you need to hold on to for warranties or whatever then become long-term reference and they would then move to your filing cabinet is that right yeah exactly exactly yeah so binders are really good for that 
that kind of stuff or those plastic envelopes those are they can be good for um for projects as well because sometimes you need them to be a bit portable yeah right okay so what's the process then if we've if i'm sitting here looking as i'm listening to this i'm looking at my big pile horizontal pile of paperwork (laughs) how do we how do we get from this point to that point Okay, so I would say the first thing to do is just split it up into action and reference. Mm -hmm. So that's the first thing I do with clients and we just put it all in one big pile, which initially freaks them out, but then they're like, oh, okay, no, we can handle this because it's only one decision that they have to make on every piece of paper. Just make one decision. You don't think about – because there's a lot of emotion behind our paperwork and a lot of shame and embarrassment a lot of the time as well and a lot of fear, uh, especially if you have been avoiding opening your mail. You might have bills that you need to pay. If you've got money worries, um, there is a lot of fear around paperwork and stuff like that. So there is a lot of emotion and anxiety involved in paperwork. And so what I like to do is remove that emotion in the first instance and say all we have to do is look at this paper, piece of paper and say, do I need to action this or not? Mm-hmm. And that's the only thing I need to do. So that can actually really simplify fight for and can get your perfectionism to sit aside for a little while and say okay you can be perfect later for now we're just going to make this one decision so that we end up with two piles we end up with stuff or three we end up with stuff i want to do stuff i need to keep and a big pile of recycling yeah or shredding or whatever and so that's the first thing that we do we then put away the reference stuff aside because that's low priority Mm -hmm. um that's not the stuff that you're going to get into trouble for if you don't deal with right now so the that reference stuff we sort of just put somewhere wherever we can find a spot for it in a neat one with a big sign on the top that says do not add to this pile (laughs) (laughs) because we've just you know we're, we're trying to sort things we're not trying to make things worse but we don't want to add anything to that pile unless it has been already decided that it's reference only so we don't want to add any new stuff to it we just want to add sorted stuff to that so that gets put aside and then the action um, we then go through that and we sort of I break that down into some categories. So you might have bills to pay as a category. You might have school forms to fill out. You might have work stuff to do. You might have one one that I really like for families and households is upcoming events to prepare for. So those are things like referral letters from doctors that you've got because you know when you I don't know if you're anything like but you get like you go to a doctor GP you get a referral for a specialist you then have to wait two months to see the specialist invariably in that two months if you walk out of the GP with a referral letter in your hand four days before or two days before you actually have that specialist appointment you have to ring the GP and say I've lost my letter can you send me another one because that happens to people all the time so what you want to do is is have a file that you can put things in for Upcoming meetings, upcoming events. So this is where you would also put um, vouchers or coupons. Um, You would put birthday party invitations, wedding invitations, meeting agendas, um, referral letters, like I said. All those kinds of things would go in that file. And any time you've got an event in your calendar that has some kind of supporting documentation, you know exactly where to find it. That's very good. I like that. And then I guess if there's – if the action – that is triggered by the paperwork is people to call. Like if you've got to make phone calls around stuff, that could be a group as well. Yeah, yeah. People to call, people to follow up, things to chase, things that you've delegated. Mm. 
but you want to follow. So a lot of this, this paperwork system you can use at work as well. And so you can have a delegated section where you just follow up on things you've delegated if, if you're not quite sure or if you want to keep an eye on, on how they're progressing. And this could be done with a household as well. You know, if, you, if you've got a family member that forgets to do things that they're meant to do, you can have a follow-up file so that you can actually track whether that task is um, progressing or not as well. So um, you can also have files for different family members So in a a household, for example, with four adults, uh, you would have, you know, um, Mary to do, John to do, uh, Louise to do and Frank to do. Then when things arrive or you find them on a bench somewhere, you just know where to stick them. You stick them in Frank's file and then he can deal with it later. I really like as well the idea of having it grouped by verb or by the type of action to do can really Mm. streamline things. Like if you've got a pile of bills to pay and they're all online or you're all taking them all to the post office to pay you can kind of batch it and same with your phone calls if you've got you know a couple of parties to rsvp to or you know whatever and a couple of people to call you can go right for me it would Mm. be pour myself a cup of tea sit down on the couch with my phone here's my five people that I have to call or contact via my phone, bang, 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 get them all done, you know, rather than jumping from rush to the post office and pay that bill, come home, call this one, do then go, you know, fill out this form online and then drop something to the school. You know, like if you've got them in those kind of batches or bundles, you can kind of direct all your energy in one direction and really get through it quickly. So I really like that. That's awesome. And the main the main reason for the verbs, and this is what I say, when you label these action files, label them with verbs. And this is really important because for the out of sight, out of mind people, they need that reminder that there is something there for them to do. So it's bills to pay. Don't just write bills because that could mean anything. A paid bill, that it belongs to bill, you know, if you're <laughs> not apostrophe savvy, you know, it could be anything. And so you need to write bills to pay. And, and I have clients that have done really creative labels for their action files and all sorts of things like one of them called marketing activities to do rain making to manifest or something like that and so you know she she sort of had her creative of ways of so you can call it what you want but I would say have a verb in there there has to be a verb in there to action to process to enter to do to call um, all of those kinds of, of words will remind you that there is stuff in there that you need to do and it's not just hiding in there waiting for you to accidentally find it when it's overdue that's awesome and so then what about reference? Is there a similar way of sorting yeah. out your reference pile then? Yeah. So again, I don't do alphanumeric for my clients. I do theme or genre based. And so I go with broad groups and I like to recommend people stick to five um, to seven. So five would be your average household. Seven would be the household that also has a small business and also looks after their elderly parents' paperwork, for example. So you have broad, broad categories. So the ones that I use, and I do have more information available later, which we'll go into more detail, which we'll talk about later. But I have um, financial, health, legal, household and personal are the five and then sometimes there is an additional small business or a project or a parent or something like that so usually there's just the five standard ones and every single piece of paper that could come into your house will go into one of those categories and so with that big broad sort it means that you are an organized enough that you can 
you only have a small pile to go through to find a piece of paper and that you are then set up to go into more detail and do subcategories if you want to after that. But what it does, um, what I say to sometimes to my ADHD clients who want to do a perfect system is I say, like, we'll do the broadsort first. That's phase one. Once we've done the broadsort, then you can go into the other the categories and just do a, a more detailed sort if you wish. But at least we're going to get the broadsort done instead of just sitting in analysis paralysis forever. Mm. I think I think that's key because if you can break it down into like bite-sized chunks everything seems so much more doable doesn't it you know yeah like you yeah just... and that broad sort you know there isn't so much detail so when someone finds their car insurance you know they'll be like okay so which category do i put this into if we've only got five categories it's not difficult yeah so i would then say to the client okay so you've got your car radio in your hand so when you look at these five categories which one do you think relates most strongly to the car radio so they might go oh financial because I have to pay for it. So then I'm like, okay, well, that's where you go. So we'll put it in the financial. Another client might say, oh, that goes under household because that's where I want to put my car information, under household. So they put it there. Um, so everyone's different in where they put things. But if you've only got five choices, then it makes it a lot faster and it becomes intuitive. Mm. It's, a, it's a more intuitive rather than a logical sequential linear kind of thing. It's a gut feel. Where am I going to go looking for this in a broad sense? And so it makes it a lot easier to then begin doing your categorizing. Because if you if you were starting from scratch and you had categorized and then subcategorized and then sub-subcategorized, you might have 60 categories that mm. you could put something in. And so if you have to think, if you're looking at one piece of paper and you have 60 categories, possible categories it could go into in your mind, that's, that's torture. Yeah. It's much better if you can just go, it's one of these five, I'll put it in this one. And, the, and just, I feel like and then you the, can go from there. the biggest benefit of that too is not just where to put it, but if, and it's probably if rather than when, if you need it again, the easy retrieval, because you could really file it in any old category because it doesn't matter as long as it's in your file. The problem then, or I would imagine the big problems then come when you go, okay, cool. Yeah, I am off to that specialist appointment now where did I put that referral letter or mm. my car insurance? Um, I've, you know, got to make a claim. Where did, what's the wording? Am I covered for a cracked windscreen? Where did I put it? And that retrieval then becomes really laborious if you haven't mm. where at least, so instead of going through all, all 60 files, if you've yeah. got it um, in a more manageable and more intuitive kind of system, that retrieval becomes a lot more streamlined. Yeah. You still might have to go through 12 categories if you you know if you can't remember but you know it's better than 60 and and for the for the filing in the first place because that's where we spend most of our time because we actually don't do much retrieving we do lots of filing and hardly any retrieving Mm -hmm. so we need to make sure that the filing itself is the quick the quick one um that's where we want to uh, to want to save most of our time um if you're doing you know this task 20 times and that task once you're going to make the task you do 20 times the most efficient one out of the two and so you want it to be quick for you to file. So you want to be able to go, okay, yeah, I know broadly which category this goes in. And sometimes this is as far as people get. And they, 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 I've got some clients that break my rule of vertical and they just have five piles on a bookcase. Mm-hmm. 
and that's fine that works for them you know they're piles that makes me uncomfortable because i can see how much of the pile you have to go through and you can't i can't subcategorize in a pile but they're quite happy with that and that broad sort of those five categories means that they just really quickly file and they don't end up with clutter on their desk because it's easy for them to file they just turn around and go oh yeah that's that pile and their retrieval might take a while, but they don't care because they don't have what they're really trying to do is reduce the paper clutter on their desk. And so, by having those piles that they can quickly file onto, um, that just saves that. That's the thing that achieves the, their goal. That's great. That's really that makes so much sense. So there's so much more to this, like so much more. <laughs> we could talk about you know the the detail of this forever. And anyone who's listening to this goes, okay, okay. I get what she's talking about, but how? I totally understand that because it's very hard. Paperwork is a very visual thing. And when I'm with clients, I draw I draw mud maps and I draw file maps and all those kinds of things. And I can't do this in the podcast to show you. But what I can do, and here is a shameless plug, is I can direct you to my ebook. So on my website, there is an ebook called Conquer Your Paper Clutter. So that's at um, www.clearspace.net.au but we'll also stick a link to it in the show notes just to make it a bit easier and uh, you can actually buy that ebook and it's a pdf so if you're a printy person then you can print it out if you're not a print person then you can you know, read it on the screen and that will actually give you the entire process from go to woe so all the stuff that we talked about in both of these episodes is all covered in this what to keep what not to keep um, and far more detail about how to do maintenance different options there's actually a shopping list if you want to go and buy the files and all the the setup and all that stuff so it's really full of a lot of detail and podcast listeners are going to get a discount so you will have a discount code that is called pod 25 and that will give you 25 percent off the the ebook and if you are a patreon supporter you will get 50 percent off but you will need to get that from me separately so i'll post that in the patreon feed for you as well if you so if you're a patreon supporter don't go and buy it until you've got that discount code but for everyone else use pod 25 and you will get a bit of a discount it's not expensive it's like 12 australian dollars full price so the americans will get a nice bargain (laughs) with the exchange rate uh, and it doesn't cost all that much but yeah there is so much detail because when we started talking about doing these episodes on paperwork and i was like "Eh, i don't i don't don't have a system well i have a system do it and shred it keep nothing except (laughs) birth certificates pretty much but Bex had all this knowledge on this and I said, I don't, I, I can't even talk around this. So I went and read Bex's ebook and it gave me a good education and a whole new appreciation about how to file almost to the point where I want to create some files now. <laughs> I'm inspired to start. Um, she's on oh no, I've turned her into a paper collector. yeah yeah so you've kind of reversed me I've gone from chucking out everything into now well maybe I could keep it if I had these general categories and um but yeah it's a it's a really good read and it's a it's a simple read like you're not going to get bogged down and overwhelmed by it. it's very step by step but takes you into far more detail than we've been able to cover in these two short episodes. Yeah, definitely. I'm finding myself cringing about the, all the bits I'm missing in this podcast, but we just don't have the time to put all the, and, and it's a bit boring too. I think um, people would be nodding off in their car and that's a bit dangerous. <laughs> so 
go find the ebook and then come join us in our Facebook community. Say hi, talk to us about your paperwork, your paper clutter, your filing system. Tell us if you've got any funny things that you file in random areas or code names <laughs> for things. And we'll be back here with you again next week. Thanks for joining us. We'd love it if you'd leave a review or tell all your friends about us so that they too can be uncluttered. If you'd like to connect with us, you can find us at beuncluttered.com.au or on social media or on our own websites at clearspace.net.au and basklifecoaching.com.